The Final Furlong Podcast with Emma Kennedy is proudly brought to you by All About Sunday, the ultimate racehorse ownership experience. Download the app and get involved today. All About Sunday, we love racing. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook, the market-leading messenger betting service, providing best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing, plus with the option of instant withdrawals. Visit kalukisportsbook.com to sign up now. As we build up to the biggest weekend of racing this year, that's easy to say, but this season so far, arguably the biggest weekend of racing, period. It's the Dublin Racing Festival, and for the first time on the show, I'm delighted to say that we are joined by Top Jockey and a man who has earned 2.4 million euro in the last five seasons just in Ireland, but also, crucially for my bank balance, partnered Ingalls Driever to that historic third stairs hurdle victory back in the day. Dennis O'Regan, welcome to the show, my friend. <laughs> Thanks so much. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, that was an epic ride, by the way. And um, you've had some fantastic successes over the years. And of course, it does help uh, in your bias towards the DRF that um, your partner, Louise, is very heavily involved with Leopardstown, but uh, has to sit it out this year due to maternity leave. For goodness sakes, Louise, the least you could yeah. do is just turn up. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that... She's missing it there. I think she's missing it, but I'm sure she'll still have an input of some sort and, uh, at the moment. But uh, yeah, they, they do a, a fantastic job in Leperstown and uh, she, uh, she'll she be watching on, I'm sure. Oh, damn right. Uh, she was telling me it's it's kind of killing her that she's missing it, but um, she will be missed from it as well. We had a, a massive entrance to the competition, so well done to our winners with Leopardstown, who we teamed up with yet again to give tickets away to the DRF weekend passes. We're up for grabs, and the winners are James Dillon at noon of the day, uh, Cullum Dooley, and uh, we also had Neve, who has handed the tickets very generously to her father, Jim. So congratulations to the three of you. Leopardstown will be in touch with you. Come up, say hello. Uh, we'll be there on the Saturday and the Sunday as well. Looking forward to it. Before we talk about the races, the ground is going to be crucial because Simon Holt was saying on the weekend review about how dry it is in the UK. Not the case in Ireland. The official going right now is yielding on both courses and they've watered throughout the week as well. 160 millimetres was applied throughout January, they were saying. What are you expecting as you build up to the festival yourself? Yeah, I think the ground is going to be perfect. I mean, um, they, they do they do uh, an extremely good job in Leperstown. Uh Look, I suppose going back over the years, I, I can remember riding years ago in Leperstown where it was, you know, it, was, it could nearly be called off. You know, it was that wet. Mm. And... Uh, They've done immense work since to 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 have it right, and um, and and especially especially the last you know couple of years, the last four years with Dublin Racing Festival has been a very difficult time due to the change in the the the, the kind of the seasons, you know, and they've been unlucky not to get rain or whatever and whatnot. But I think this year is going to be fantastic. They're giving it yielding ground. I'm expecting it to be yielding to soft um, on the hurdle track, and I'd expect it to be yielding. Yielding to you know maybe yielding to soft in, in places on the on the, on the chase track and um, you know it's if they they have come in for a bit of criticism over the years but I I I think this year is going to be absolutely fantastic um, I've I've actually met a few of the grounds groundsmen up there and people and the, and the, the you know the head management on 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 the ground system and everything up there and 
I've walked the track plenty of times and, uh, you know, I just think they're doing a fantastic job. They're doing the best of what they got and, and I expect it to be no different this weekend. And Dennis, what's Leopardstown like to ride? And more specifically, what kind of horse would you uh, be advising Final Front Podcast listeners to be looking out for? Because there's that deceptively steep incline uh, to the finish which has resulted in so many epic finishes throughout the years. But until you're actually at Leopardstown and you see it for yourself, it's it kind of has to be seen to be believed. So what kind of force really thrives around there? Yeah, I think, look, I think Leopardstown is, is one of the best tracks in the world, really. It's one of the fairest tracks. You very rarely see an unlucky kind of, a, you know, a horse that won that shouldn't win. It's usually the best horse wins. And the reason for that is, it's got such a steep climb from the turn in to the to the finish line. Um, it's very deceptive in terms of watching on telly. You wouldn't really notice, um, but if you were when you're riding it, or you know, if, if even if you walk the track, you you can really see that the the climb is is quite significant. Um, and you know, you'll fairly note if you're on a horse and you still think you're going well turning in. Um, but you still have an awful long way to go. Um, one of the key, one of the key factors I think to ride in Leperstown is, is certainly uh, conserving as much energy as you can to at least halfway up the running um, or halfway up the straight. Um, should I say, you know, at least be kind of getting there at the last. I, I always love that kind of a ride, really. Um, but usually the best horse wins. But you need you need a good horse to to really operate him around Leperstown. To be honest, jumping. And uh, uh, um, stamina and and galloping and all of that really, really does come into play at Leopardstown. Well, we're going to see all of that in the first race that we talk about, the 105, which will be live on RTE, but also on Racing TV. Um, we have uh, market. The markets have been a bit bonkers today, but Hollow Games is currently 15 to 8 with Kaluki. I think they'll do better for you on WhatsApp. Um, and then what do you want? It's fours, Grand Jury is 11-2, Manila Crooners, sixes, Bronze, sixes, Eric Bloodaxe, sixes, and uh, here's where you kind of have to be careful with your bets. There's Manila Crooner and Manila Cocooner. Uh, <laughs> not confusing at all. Uh, Twelves, and then it's 33s, about freedom to dream. Um, this is a really fascinating race. A uh, couple of unexposed horses in here, Braun uh, being one, but um, Hollow Games we saw behind Jinto last time. Eric Bloodaxe I thought was deadly uh, at Limerick, but it was on very different ground. Um, that being said, I, I like him an awful lot. Uh, what's your thoughts on the race? Yeah, I, I like Eric Bloodaxe as well. I think he's an improving sort of horse, actually, and even though he's a seven-year-old. Um He's got some terrific bumper form and uh, as well as some very, very good hurdle runs. And I think Joseph O'Brien's horses, they're just, they're just really hitting form as well. They're in really top form at the moment. And uh, I think he's, you know, he's definitely a, a horse with a, a big shout there. Um, Hollow Games, uh, you know, he's been, for me, he, he, he looked a bit labored or something at Nace. I wasn't quite sure, but um He's working very well, apparently, um, at the moment. And uh, I think the ground trip and track will all suit him. And um, I think he'll be he'll he'll be bang there at the finish anyway. Um, it's just whether whether one or the other ones are good enough to beat him is the thing, really. Um, 
he's a class horse, uh, Hollow Games, and uh, he's 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 he seems to be getting better as the season is going on. Anyway, he's a little bit. He has beaten, um, or well, he has grand jury behind him, um, the last or in just in front of him the last day by a neck. But I think um, I think he'll reverse that form uh, on Saturday. To be honest. Do you think that, cause I know as a jockey, you're not necessarily thinking of it from the, the betting perspective because you can't, but um, like when you're looking at the, the market and there is that, the fact that Grand Jury finished in front of all the games last time out, like when he's twos and Grand Jury is, is sixes, uh, I can see why people are going to look and, I mean, I'm particularly drawn to Eric Blodax, to be honest about it, but... Um, I can see why why people will want to take on Hollow Games, but at the same time, he does come with a very big reputation and a hefty price tag. He does, but that wouldn't uh, I wouldn't looking at it at the in the cold light of day like his his uh, price tag wouldn't really uh, I wouldn't care about, and it's 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 the reality of the evidence of what he's shown so far um, that he you know how good he is. I, I just I just thought in this. Uh, Jinto uh, got to make the run, and then he got he got the race to suit himself. And um, Hollow Games was kind of down the inside, and things were very tight for him. Um, and I'd say they, they might ride Hollow Games slightly different, maybe on Saturday. I don't know, but uh, I I, w- I would say that that's what that's what might happen. And uh, and I think Grand Jury will be forward as well. The two of them won't be far away from each other. And it might be set up for a closer, you know, but when you have Davy Russell and Rachel Blackmore riding the favourite and the second favourite in the grade one, you can be sure they're not going to go too fast and set it up for anyone else behind, really. But I, I really love the, the way Manila uh, Crooner has been going along this season. I loved his uh, second uh, in Lapperstown at Christmas when he finished a length and a half in front of Kilcrut. And he was only three lengths behind Journey with me, and I think he is an outstanding racehorse. Journey with me, so I think Melilla Crooner is the one for me that could could be a little bit dangerous in that race. There, um, he definitely has a good bit to find. But you know, if you know if anything happened either of the first two, uh, I think this fellow will be he'll be bang on the premises, especially if it turns into a real stamina sapping test. He was. Very, very impressive the last day. I know he was an odds-on favourite, but um, yeah. Uh, so is he going to be your selection? Yeah, I'm going to go with Milela Kroner on this occasion anyway, only just just because I think he's an improving... Uh, you know, the rest of them, there are all novices and they're all probably improving. Um, but I, I could see Manila Kroner being in the first two, if that makes any sense. Um, it'll be first or second, I think. And... Uh, that's that's how I view it. To be honest, I think he's he's a nice horse and he's he's coming along nicely. And he's six and he's just a, he's come from a good camp there in Gordon Elliott's and and uh, Gordon's horses are been in terrific form. And yeah, I think he's a nice one. At he'll be five and a half, six to one. There, he'll be a good price. Yeah, this is the the kind of scumbag each way bet that we talk about every now and again because it's <laughs> it's, the, it's the dead eight. So yeah. <laughs> um, hit up yeah. Kaluki now and take advantage of the sixes. Um, Eric Bloodaxe for me, so you can do the reverse forecast. But um, definitely, you want to be uh, listening to Dennis. Uh, the one thirty five is the spring juvenile hurdle. This is going to be fascinating because in the build up to this, I thought that um, Phil Dor was going to be. And odds on favourite. Uh, anything but. Um, 
The price with Kaluki is 11 to 8. Uh, then we have the highly touted Vauban. I've butchered that pronunciation, but stick with me. French pronunciations. Somehow I managed to blag an A in honors French, but as you know my actual age, because we're both the same age, Dennis, uh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. Um, uh, so he's 11 to 8 uh, joint favorite. Then we've got Iker Allen. Uh, the tie turns is 10s. Uh, ben Seagal, 16s. And it's whatever price you want, basically. Uh, about the rest, six feet apart, of course, who we saw winning on TalkSport 2, um, which we covered just last Friday. Uh, what's your your take? Because Phil Dor has, has definitely been the uh, the powerhouse this season um but gordon then unleashed pied piper at cheltenham uh last saturday so now he's currently the anti-post favorite for cheltenham but if phil Dor wins this presumably he'll regain his position at the top of the market yeah i think phil Dor will win this um i think he's um i think he's a very good horse um He's a big galloper again. He's another horse that's improving throughout the season. I uh, love to see that um, horses. You know, they just keep keep getting better and better with each run. And he's he's certainly one that uh, has definitely been doing that. And uh, I fancy him to turn over Vabon because he's only got the one run. And Iker Allen has been good, but not ultra impressive. Um, I I think Fildor will win this myself. Uh, to be honest, and um, I, I quite like um, a horse of Noel Meads here called Ben Siegel. Um, I actually sat in him during the week and um, I think he's in terrific form. Uh, won very well in Punchestown first time out. And whereas I don't think he'd be up to beating the winner, beating the favourites, uh, you know, he'll definitely certainly run a big race anyway. Uh, he's 14 to 1 there. Um I think he'll run a good race, but I can't see beyond Phil Dorr, to be honest, and I think he'll win the triumph. Oh, because that was going to be my follow-up question. So you mm. think he is the one to be on for the triumph? Oh, I think without a shadow of a doubt, yeah, he's the one to be on. Um, I thought Pied Piper was good in Cheltenham at the weekend, but I thought they went very fast in a race where the ground was, you know, not as soft or maybe it was dead ground, but they went to definitely caught each other's throats at the front of the race. And uh, uh, I think the man on board uh, took his time and rode a clever race. And uh, he he would have won no matter what, but probably was more impressive uh, due to the fact that they'd gone too quick and stopped. And he came through with loads of class. Um, if, you know, they could both go for the triumph. I don't know. Um, but uh, for me, it'll, I, I'd stick with Fildor, um just because he's a typical kind of Gordon Elliott trained juvenile that, again, he's trained him for March and he's steadily improving throughout the season. Um, uh, I think he would be better on softer ground and he has yet to encounter that this season, which is annoying because I think once he gets a bit of softer ground, he's going to be even a much, much better horse than he is right now. And um, so, yes, I would fancy him strongly for that race. Uh, I think he's a very good horse. Because just to clarify, the soft ground at Leopardstown on St. Stephen's Day, there was a lot of complaints from Willie Mullins and from Gordon about the ground conditions in Leopardstown. I've heard those 
complaints and, and taken action. It wasn't as soft as was being made out. Yeah, that's true. But uh, funny enough, like Leperstown is one of them places where you get up at 10 o'clock in the morning, it's soft. And they have such a sunshine and a breeze there that it's absolutely dry by 12 o'clock. It could be good ground. It dries so quick. Um, it's just so quick to dry there. Even watering systems in the summer, I've seen it myself. Um, it, it, they could be watering and as soon as they have one part of the track, by the time they've got to the other part, the, the original part of water is dried. Um, it's it's just what it is. It's the soil. It's it's this, that, and the other. But it's it is what it is, and um, it's never going to be the heavy ground that we encountered. Say what I was saying at the start of the program ten years ago. Yeah, it's not. It's no longer going to be that. Um, uh, you know, I, I had a good good chat there last season with some of the groundsmen and the manager ground manager and things like that and they were very accommodating um, but they were explaining about the roots of the grass and when the part of the race course was sold off to be uh, where the motorway runs by there uh, when they replanted it they replanted it with a different grass um, and it was called um, Yorkshire Fog and the Yorkshire Fog holds its moisture on the leaf um, so it doesn't go down into the ground as quick as ryegrass where it's dead straight so when it rains the rain goes straight down into the ground but on the Yorkshire fog the leaves of the grass holds the rain and uh, then evaporates and that's why it's so difficult that uh, when it rains that they can't get the the rain the, the softened ground consistent throughout the whole track I mean there's some parts of that track are absolutely fabulous when it's rain soft ground but there's just some parts of it that's just not acceptable and, um, you know, that's where the danger lies, how they can manage it consistently and evenly. And they've got a great system, um, great managing system there now that that's what they're trying to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I could definitely, I'd feel very confident in the near future that they are going to correct this and get it right. Um, you know, but they also need a bit of luck. I mean, look at the winter we've had this year. The seasons have changed and... You know, uh, they were very lucky to get rain at Christmas at Leperstown just before the meeting started, and hopefully they'll get a little bit before this meeting. But I think they've done a really good job this year now at the Dublin Race Fest. I think it's very well watered, very consistent, and, um, you know, I'll be even if they get the slightest inch of rain, it'll only help the situation anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, and there is rain forecast on Friday and a little bit on Saturday morning as well, so uh, that should help too, but that's fascinating about how the ground with that changing of the ground that it actually holds and then a little bit of sun and it's gone because uh, just explain also, also also Emmett like the thing with Leperstown is it's one of the only tracks like that's absolutely sheltered the whole way around barred aside from the stands down to the bottom corner uh, there's very high trees very 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 well sheltered so it's extremely hard, like, to get everything correct there. Um, it, you know, that's the problem. And it's it, from the stands down to the bottom corner, say the entrance into the back straight, there is, the, there is no protection from the weather there. So the wind comes straight through and dries that ground immediately. 
Um, you know, and that's that's the thing really uh, with it that it's so hard to make it consistent with the amount of shelter from the entrance of the back straight all the way around, say to the entrance into the home straight. It's completely sheltered, high trees, high high ditches. It's very high, and uh, it's one of the only tracks you'll see. You know, it's very it's very sheltered really the whole way around. So that's why it's very difficult to manage the place. It's a very good point, and of course because it's in such an urban area as well, which is a good thing, because we need that. We need to be able to attract more. There's over a million people in Dublin, so we need to be able to attract more fans to to the race course. And by the sounds of things, that's not going to be a problem this weekend. Uh, the quality continues. Uh, so we're just, final selections, we're both with Phil Dore, but you're given a heavy mention to Ben Siegel, who carries the Cheltenham Festival winning Jeff Kidder's colours. That's right, I am. I'm giving a favourable mention to him. I don't see him, I don't envisage him beating Phil Dore or anything like that. And, uh, but Phil Dore is the, is the one for me now. I think he'll definitely win. Oh, I, I, I'm amazed we're getting the price we are. Let's go! Uh, all right, we've got the uh, Irish Arkle. Um, this should be a fascinating renewal. So, Blue Lord is currently your favourite. Uh, Kaluki are going 11-8. to eight. Uh, Riviere de Tell is 11-4. to four. You know already our love of that horse. Uh, oh, God. What uh, a For the same fast, might get away with it. Fours with Kaluki. St. Sam um, with Rachel Blackmore on board is fours. And then it's any price you want about the other two. Uh, so we saw Riviere de Tell in action at uh, Leopardstown over Christmas. Finished second to the Arkle favourite, Fernie Hollow. Um, she'll get allowances, uh, not as much as, as she was, but she still gets them. Um, but Blue Lord is, is favourite. Do you think the bookmakers have it right? I think I think they have it right in the sense that, um, you know, she got turned over at Christmas by Fernie Hollow, and I suppose she's not getting the same allowance this time round as she was then. Um, she probably jumped a bit out to her right, um, as well the last day in Leperstown so they're probably looking at maybe there's a small you know a small bit of a, a hole in her somewhere but there, you know Blue Lord was so impressive at Nace the last day and beating Lifetime Ambition by 20 lengths is a very good marker um, I suppose and uh, if the last fence wasn't out in Nace it would have been even further uh, the last two fences I think were out in Nace that day Um he won his beginners in Fairy House. I finished fourth in the race and was impressive without being super impressive, I have to say, Blue Lord. Um, but uh, I'm probably going to go out on a limb and say that I think Riviere de Tell will win because. Come on, uh, Come on. Well, well, she's getting nine pounds. I mean, nine pounds um, is a ferocious amount of weight in a grade one for a start. And. You're also giving it to a seriously talented mare, a seriously talented mare. Um, I do, she's my, she, I would be, you know, nailing my colours to the cross in saying that I think she'll win the Arkle of Chelton, personally. Um, she just gives me that feel. Wait, she wait, gave wait, me wait, that wait, wait, hold up. Have you just said you think she'll win the Arkle? I do, yeah. I think it's a crazy thing, isn't it? But Let's I, go! I, no, this no, is, I think we've, been, we've said this. We said this a few times, and I know you listen to the show. But uh, Rory and I have talked about how she's an each way solid moral. 
So yeah, but she, oh. she's definitely each way. She's definitely value each way because she jumps and she travels, but she stays really well. She's one of them where she might want a little bit further in time, and um, but she has a huge cruising speed. And uh, the, the thing that beat her in Fairy House the last day was was a better horse, Fernie Hollow probably just is a better horse than Riviera to tell without a doubt. Like that was some performance to really give her was it she was getting so much weight. She was getting the four year old and the mayor's 14 pounds. She was the last in Town, and to still beat her um, was incredible performance. Um, if she didn't jump as much to her right, she jumps a nudge to her right the whole time. If she wasn't doing that, she would have been even closer to Fernie Hollow. I don't think Blue Lord is as good as Fernie Hollow. So I think Riviera de Tell will win the Arkell and Cheltenham. And uh, whether she'll win this, I don't know. But she she will be suited by Cheltenham out in front. And uh, she's a fantastic jumper. Uh, even mega better going right-handed, I think. But just she's still okay going left-handed. That's my only worry with her is in a grade one, you can get away with it in a grade three in a listed race or even a normal, just the beginners jumping a bit out the wrong. If you're going left-handed and you're jumping a touch right, if you have enough class, you'll get through. But at grade one level, jumping a touch right against a really good horse is jumping dead straight. And, you know, that's 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 a problem because that's you're given an inch all the time. You're given a length, you're given a half a length, you know, and there won't be much between them, especially at the top level there, them great bone horses. So she'll need to jump a bit straighter. Um, but I don't think Blue Lord will have the same pace as Fernie Hollow did to overtake Riviera de Tell on the run to the first fence in Leperstown. Um, And that's why I think she'll get out in front and I think they won't pass her, uh, especially getting nine pound. I'm loving this. I'm absolutely loving it. And she, she loves the ground as well. She won't mind the ground. Yeah. Um, she's a she's a class act. And I'm just looking yes, at I the know. market for Cheltenham. Since we recorded the rev- the Christmas review, and then we talked about her again, she's, and this is not not run or no bet, by the way, uh, she's been cut from a general 11s. I think 11s was the best. We could. could we get 14s? No, the 14s was like with... Two bit firms, wasn't it? Yeah, so we could get elevens. She's sevens best price, sevens best price for the Oracle, and I would take it because she wins this. Then it's game on. Um, well, she'll be second favorite, won't she? Or yeah. she'll be in that, you know. But she, she's a terrific mare anyway. I mean, you know, she's got so much class, a big rangy mare, and uh, you know, she, whatever she'll do this year, she's just going to be a superstar next year, and. Uh, she, you know, she's a better ride now as well. She used to be a bit kind of crazy and headstrong and all at rest. But ever since Punchestown, she settled down. Oh, well, ever since she jumped the fence, she's probably settled down. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I can speak openly about her because I've ridden her, you know, and I, I think she's definitely up to doing some damage now in March, you know. Um, even even on Saturday there, she, she could well win that. I'd be nervous enough of a horse there if Willie's called St. Sam. Um, Rachel on board, yeah. Yeah, Rachel, that, that's a very good horse, I'd say, St. Sam. Um, I'd be nervous enough for him in the in the sense that 
he was very, very impressive. He beat a very good horse in Ferios the last day, the Devil's Coachman. A very, that's a very good run. Um, he beat, but the only thing is he lacks experience. He's only had one run. And again, he might want softer ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he might want heavy ground. He's by Saint the Saints, game from France. But if the ground did turn up soft to heavy, he would be, he'd be a big player now, saying Sam, I'd be having him. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I'd probably stick with Riviera to tell anyway for the time being. <laughs> so this race, right from upset. And just to briefly touch on the the two times you won on her this season, uh, that was at Punchestown and Navin. You won by 21 lengths and then 12 lengths. Um, the feel that she gave you at, at Punchestown and Navin and just how... Obviously, Punchestown, you're going right-handed. Um, Navin is one of the best tests for a horse to go to Cheltenham. Um, uh, Leopardstown would be as well. Like there's, there's certain courses that if you can win there, you can definitely succeed at, at, at Cheltenham. Um, but the the feel that she gave you when she just breezed through to crush her opposition with, with the ease and the contempt that she did. Yeah, the see the thing with Riviera to tell was I never rode her before Punchestown. I never even sat in her at home. So when I got on her in Punchestown, I was in receipt of eighteen pound on the day. So I had a little light saddle, and uh, I had my mind made up in Punchestown that what I'm going to do today is going to give me the best chance of winning the race, and that was to pop out in front. Now she didn't necessarily have to make the running. But uh, we did discuss it beforehand, Gordon and myself and and um, and Noel Moore and and uh, and we decided that Grand just do if you think that's the right thing to do is to do it. And I got on the inside and punches down nearly immediately. I lined up on the rail, and when you have a mare that's getting eighteen pound, you jump off on the inside on in front and punches down. Um, no one really understands like punches down. Uh, if you if you looked at Punchestown from a drone or you know from the William Hill camera, I used to call it from the sky down. Oh yeah, you, re- you really do realize in Punchestown how much ground you give away if you're not on the rail. It's so deceiving um, that if you get on the inner in Punchestown, the amount of ground you can save is is huge. It's not compared. It's nothing compared to the likes of it, or it's you know you wouldn't compare it to the likes of Navin or. Leperstown, you can go a bit wider and get away with it. You know, Punchestown, very difficult. So if you get on the rail on a chase course in Punchestown, especially in receipt of eighteen pounds, uh, you're going to give yourself every chance of winning the race. Now, she was so impressive that day. I mean, she was going along. I knew she. I knew we were going a clip that day, and but uh, well, I was happy enough to allow that to happen due to the amount of weight she was getting. Uh, I had weighed up my head that I could allow to bust her a small bit early on um, because the lightweight will come into play later on. And um, and it worked. But she was so impressive. Um, you know, but I, I didn't really know what to think on the day. I was She's very, very good. But, you know, I'm not, you know, I still don't know. But when I rode her in Navin, uh, Navin... I was the day I got the real feel of her. Uh, I felt like I wasn't, I felt like I wasn't going quick. Um, but if you look at the times and then Gordon said straight away afterwards, Jesus, you were going some gallop when you passed us. And, and he usually stands at the winning line, you know, with a lap to go. 
he thought we were flying. Um, that's a real sign of top class horse. Like um, when you don't feel like you're going that quick, but you're killing everything behind, and and that's and that's the feeling I got off her that day. And and from that day, I said to myself, right, this one could win a really fast run, two mile chase on a stiff track. And uh, I'd say the Arkle is 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 definitely the race for her. To be honest. Okay. Do you need us to do uh, a Tanya Harding and get Jack Kennedy's knees taken out? So that you can get um, on board for the arc. Well, well, look, to be honest, Emmett, I'm so long in the game and so experienced. I suppose if you go back 10 or 15 years, yeah, I'd be disappointed. But I'd be delighted if Jack Kennedy wins in her and I wish him well. And I'd also be delighted for the owners. That, you know, they could do, they want grade one horses and yeah. they were good to put me on her when they, Jack and them weren't available. And Gordon as well. Uh, he was good enough to stick me up. When you know, and he's been supporting me for five years. I'm at you know, since I come back here, it's the only track, it's the only there's only a handful of trainers in Ireland that support me since I come back here consistently, and he's one of them. So, you know, like, um, you know, I, I take it as it comes, and in you know, I wish them well and and best of luck to them. And and, and look, if that happens in the meantime, hopefully they'll think of me in the future, you know. Damn right, we'll uh, we'll be up having a, a stable tour with Gordon. In the next, should I have said that? Ah, screw it. Uh, in the next few weeks, so um, we'll we'll have a quiet word. And Jack has no relation, so um, there could very well be a, no. a, a Tanya a Tanya, uh, Tanya Harding style issue. He's, he's not a fourth fourth. He's not a fourth cousin or anything. Like that. <laughs> not that I know of, anyway. But then again, you never yeah, know yeah. with the Kennedy line. Who knows? Um, so we'll switch to. Uh, we're both on Riviera to tell, and uh, Saint Sam is the horse that you're advising to just keep a keep an eye out for. As the danger, but yeah. Riviere de Tell hopefully gets the job done. We'll see how good Blue Lord is when Riviere de Tell has the lead. Before we continue with the build-up to the Dublin Racing Festival alongside Dennis, we got some gravy for you. Now in its 23rd year, the Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival Betting Guide 2022 is on the way. Working exceptionally hard is our main man, Paul Ferguson, working out all of the facts, stats, and trends that you need to make the most informed bets throughout the best week of the entire year with the Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival Betting Guide 2022. It will include extensive trend analysis of all 28 races from the festival, positive and negative trends for quick and easy referencing. There's editorials from guest authors, including Graham Cunningham, spoiler alert, detailed analysis of the Irish Challenge, it's going to be a big challenge. Banker or bust analysis of the big festival favorites, breeding angles, plus you get an exclusive entry preview included with grand national analysis and race-by-race -race trends for the key races from Paul Ferguson's favorite race of the entire year, the entry Grand National and the festival itself. Why? Because he's a Liverpudlian, that's why. There's also a Spring Horses to Follow section and you do not want to miss out on that. Also available at weatherbyshop.co.uk is the Cheltenham Festival service. Daily online updates throughout the whole festival that's available for £25. But for right now, you can get your hands on the Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival betting guide for £16.50. Of course that's not the price. Well, not for you, because you are part of the Final Forum Podcast Army, and Weatherbees always team up with us, so you can get yourself 
£5 off with our Final Furlong Podcast promo code. But a word of warning, last year, on the back of the Final Furlong Podcast promo code, the Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival betting guide was sold out super fast. So if you want to get your hands on a copy, then get yourself to weatherbyshop.co.uk, £16.50 for regular customers, but for final furlong podcast listeners who sold out the book last year, enter this promo code, lowercase final 22, F-I-N-A-L-2-2, and the publication is yours with five pounds off. You can also go, like I do, for the digital edition, which is $12.95, and you get five pounds off that as well with that same promo code, FINAL22. Weatherbyshop.co.uk, five pounds off the print and digital versions or the print and digital bundle. It's entirely up to you. Order your Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival betting guide today. Back to the show. This is going to be a fascinating race. So the Petty Power Irish Gold Cup has been switched to the Saturday. We'd normally have the champion hurdler. That's what we're used to. Yeah. Frodon comes over. Obviously, we're not going to see him at Cheltenham, as Paul Nichols, I'm convinced, has changed his modus operandi when it comes to the Cheltenham Festival. I don't think he wants to take any of his big guns there. I think he wants to wait for possibly Punchestown, but definitely Aintree. Um, I think he's, he's tired of being beaten up by the Irish, but... We'll get Harry Derham on the show and we'll find out more. So Frodon comes over and of course we'll have a, a big chance. Eleven to four is the current price with Kaluki Kemboy, five to two. Manila Indo, uh Robbie Power on board is threes. Uh Asterian Falange is nine to two. Very keen to talk to you about him. Uh one of my favorite horses in training, Delta Work. Oh, Delta Work. Uh is twelves with Kaluki, and then you got Janadil. Um, who's no back number at 14s, uh, conflated, and Silas Emery is 66s with Kaluki as we speak. Uh, I'm presuming, and first rule of law, never presume. Um, first rule of law, never assume. Or to put it more eloquently, assumption is the mother of all fuck-ups. But... Uh, <laughs> It's a podcast. We can say it. It's all right. Um, this move that Robbie Power is on board, Manila Indo, would suggest that Rachel has made her mind up and she's going to be on board uh, the Gold Cup runner-up and she'll stay loyal. Um, and so this is Robbie's chance to get to know Manila Indo before he goes for the Gold Cup. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, it's... Um it's a to- it's a funny one, really. Um, personally, personally, I think Rachel has picked the right one. Um, I'm a massive a Plutard fan, and uh, I think he'll possibly win the Gold Cup. Um, ridden similar to the way he was ridden last year, um, I wouldn't change a thing. And uh, I am, um, you know, Manila Endo is. You know, there's, there's there's three ten year olds in the race. It's amazing, really. Um, it's a very tricky. It's, it's so hard to pick the winner of the race. But the favorite and the second favorite are both ten year olds. I mean, you 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 surely think that a horse, a horse with the level with with a level of the level of ability to run in the Gold Cup, you'd you'd nearly go for the younger one. You know, he'd have a bit more edge. Um, but I'd be kind of st- I'm kind of nearly sticking with Kemboy a little bit here because. Um, 
I thought his run was fantastic the last day, really. Um, but he, there's still, I just think this is his Gold Cup, Kemboy. I think this is his Gold Cup. He has one Gold Cup a year, and this is it. And uh, I think he's just been priming him for this, to be honest. Um, I, I just never forget riding in the Savile's Chase when he won it last year, or when a, a Plutard, I think it was a Plutard, got up and won. And uh, Kemboy, or was it was it the was it the year before? Yeah, the he, um, the unbelievable yeah, ride from, from Daryl Keith when uh, yeah, Plutard no, came to the clouds. No, I was thinking of the, it was the the Powers Bowl Cup. It was this meeting last year when he beat the storyteller. Ah, did when he yeah. yeah, yeah, and I thought that was I thought that was a fantastic performance to be honest. Um, Brilliant ride from Danny. Yeah, it was now to be honest, and uh, I think that was his Gold Cup, and I think this is his Gold Cup again. Uh, He'll, he'll definitely be, you know, there won't be much in it maybe, but I, I feel like he, he's the one, he's the one really that's they're going to have to beat. Um, Asterian for long, you know, I think he's a good horse, but I could be proved wrong, but I don't think he's that good. Like, you know, he wasn't going to win the King George when he fell. Um, I don't think he was going to win the John Dorkin when he fell, because I know you couldn't tell, it's too far out to tell, but... He seems to be a horse with a lot of boot, but not a not bundles of stamina. So, like, uh, to me, he'll travel well, you know. But I think the likes of the Ken boys and them sort of horses there, they could really, really outstay him, couldn't they? Um, hmm. Manila, Manila Endo has a fair bit to prove now just to, for me. Just to stick with a steering Falange, because there's, there's an obsession with him. Um, and uh, there's a lot of Final Forum podcast listeners who are like throwing stuff at the speakers now going, oh, oh, dare Dennis say that. Uh, yeah. you're, you're right. He was, look, he was going to be second in the King George, probably. Um, but he's three lengths down and he's no chance with Tornado Flyer. Uh, I don't think he would have won the John Durkin. It's a bad mistake. People, look, it's three out, so it's it's too far to know. But the amount of people who took to social media to say, oh, he was going to win, just boggled my mind. Um, and, and that probably resulted in him going off 6-1 to one for the King George. Um, and look, this is not just hindsight. We said it at the time. Like, we said it in previewing the King George. Like, he's talented, but he's not the one to be with. And we actually put up Tornado Flyer, which was, which was great. Um, but Lorna Fowler, I still have to release the podcast. I pro- Lorna, it, it's coming, I promise. Um, and it, it will come out as a, as a bonus DRF preview as well. Because Lorna's got some very talented horses running this weekend too. But she comes from the Lorna Fowler and her husband, uh, uh, their academy. And um, when I asked her, what would you do with the horses? Spoiler for the show. If I had the power for the Con- for the Donnellys to move him back to you, what would you do with him? She said, I'd pop him back over hurdles. So is, is that the answer in your mind? Or do you think it's more complicated than that? Well, I think that he's been running... In it's it's shocking to say it like, but he won a novice handicap at the Punchestown Festival. You know, he didn't win a Grade One or a Grade Three or a Grade Two. He won a novice handicap chase, albeit it was a competitive one. Now, and he won it, he won it well. But um, I have to say that uh, you know, there's only one day in Leperstown where he won his Grade One hurdle. And he beat easy work by nine lengths. And he was ultra impressive that day over two mile yeah, as a novice. Uh, there's nothing tells me since 
that he's up to the real Gold Cup standard. Um, that's not disrespecting the horse or, or anything like that. He obviously is a quality horse, but uh, he just doesn't do it for me. But I think if, if he was in a grade, just a grade uh, lower down, he'd be not going as fast maybe and he maybe would jump a bit better but he just for me he seems to make mistakes because I know he travels real well but they're really top top races he's running in and uh, maybe there's nothing maybe there's nothing for him but he's raced 164 he's entitled to to run in these races and he, he you know he, he probably he could win this uh, and and make me eat my words but um, he no he just he's not he just doesn't do it for me really yet um, at the very, very top level. Uh, he's obviously a good horse, but he just doesn't do it to me at the very, very top level. Um, and that's why, I, that's why I think, I think there's horses better equipped to winning gold cups than in steering for long now, to be honest. And, and yeah, uh, maybe dropping back over hurdles. Uh, again, he's, to me, he might be a horse that would come up short again over hurdles. I think, um, he would get round. Um, but, um, yeah, he just—he's not at the real top top table for me. Mm. See, I I agree with you as much as Harry Fowler listens to every final forum podcast. Harry, you did a great job with this horse, and if he was still with you and Lorna, he'd be winning Grade Ones left, right, and center. That's our, that's us covered. We're covered now, right? Harry won't come for <laughs> either of us at Leopardstown. Looking forward to seeing you, Harry. And thanks for listening, by the way. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was nice to hear Lorna confirm that on the show, which you will finally get to hear soon. Um, but I'm of the same mindset. And I also have the mindset that, and, and particularly, it's interesting to get a, a jockey's perspective on this. When a horse who's talented but keeps making mistakes, there's something, something's not quite right. Like you're you're making those mistakes for a reason, um, and it's just it seems to me as though at grade one level he is just being exposed. Yeah, well, to see, it's it's a tough one really because he he appears to be going well or about to be going well in grade one races when he's come down, um, but he has been around in a couple of grade one novice chases. Uh, he finished in third in an obvious chase affairs behind Janadil. And uh, he's one of them horses that could be a bit deceptive in that he always looks like he's going well, but just doesn't quite do it. And, um, uh, I, you know, even when he won in Punchstown, that novice handicap chase last year, I, I just was very suspect of his jumping. You know, um, he, uh, he's, he just... He just doesn't do it for me, Emmett, and, and it's not a disrespect to the horse um, or anything like that. I just think, um, I just think he's, you know, he's he's nearly there, he's ne- and he could get through one when he's not meant to, or you know, when it was, you know, if so- something doesn't turn up or doesn't, you know, it could be on Saturday. I hope it is um, for everyone's sake, but uh, the. Especially Brian Cofers, um, you know, he, obviously if he could just get around on him, it would be would be good now at the moment, and the horse get a bit of confidence. But they obviously clearly see things in in Willie Mullins that makes them think he can win a Gold Cup, you know, because he wouldn't be running in one if 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 he, if he wasn't. But 
you know, he still, I just don't know how resolute he is, or I don't know, is it resolution or what it is, but something about him I'm not quite at home with anyway. Okay, we're, we're on the same page. Um, and I know he has his fans, uh, but there's enough there to, to put us off him. And look, when he's four to one for a grade one, you gotta start picking him apart. You have to. So um, take us through the, the remainder of the field and, and your thoughts. I think Froden will run a massive race, to be honest. Um, there's no way Paul Nichols brings his horses to Ireland unless they run very well. And I actually think Froden will run very well here now. Um, he's a good kind of a front running horse. Uh, Jones well, loved the ground. And he's 10 now, and he's Briny Frost gets on very well with him. Um, and he always seems to run his race, uh, even even in Kempton, I think, where they might have maybe exaggerated the, the tactics a small bit. Um, um, he's still a very, very good horse, and he's already proved he's won in Down Ryle, uh, which was, you know, which was good, beating Galvin, uh, a horse that has a chance in the Gold Cup now. And, uh, yeah, I think he'll run a big race Friday. Um, he'd be he'd be a big danger now. I think um, Manila Endo has a lot to prove, in my opinion. And um, Janadil is a decent horse. Uh, he's running the John Durkin. We'll give him a squeak. Um, not quite sure what happened the last day. Uh, maybe he's he still hasn't ran a, a bad race the last day in Leperstown. Really, he finished fifth, but he's only beaten seven lengths. Yeah, which. Wouldn't be a lot, really, and you know, um, probably has a bit to do. And Delta Work, who Gordon Elliott always said was his kind of Gold Cup horse, and this horse can't be ruled out because he loves Leperstown, loves the ground, and uh, I'd have a sneaking feeling he could run a big race. He he's a massive chance each way, a chance in this Delta Work. Um, uh, so I do, and uh, I think he loved the track and the ground, and I think uh, he could put it all together here on Saturday and run a huge race. He'll definitely, I think, he'll be in the first three. So, um, and I think Conflated wouldn't be for me, and Kellis Emery wouldn't be for me at this level, um, even though they're trained by two great trainers. So you can never rule them out, but. Uh, I would fancy Freuden, Ken by Freuden and Delta work to, to fight it out here, I think. Again, music to my ears. Um, Delta work, of course, who won this in 2020. Uh, what do you think of the application of first-time cheek pieces? Will that wake him up? Well, I think so. Look, I mean, the horses had so many, so much trouble. You know, it's it's like anyone, it, it's, it's, you know, um, if, they, if they've had a few injuries and they've had a few setbacks, they probably just need a bit of a help to just get through, you know, make them go through that barrier, you know. And uh, he's a he's a nice horse still to work. Um, he definitely has the form, uh, you know, throughout his career that would suggest he could be very competitive here. Um, it's just that he's coming in off the back of a couple of uh, not-so-good runs, but... Again, um, he's beaten a long way the last day in Leperson, but I think he'll improve a lot. And I think he's running down right at the start of the season was quite decent. Uh, he's only half a length behind Manila and on four lengths behind Galvin and Friday. 
And that run uh, there where he would have needed it, um, he's coming in here very fit and well now. And the application cheek pieces and Jack Kennedy on board. Uh, although I look, I don't know. He's he, he's a straightforward enough ride, but he drops in. But I think I think he could be big big chance here down to work. Mm. Big chance. Telling as well that Gordon applied the pressure and made Jack Kennedy ride him at Down Royal, where traditionally, as you said, he he would need the run there. Um, there has to be a, a long term plan, and he's probably not going to win the Gold Cup, but this he could win. Uh, it's, it's yeah, but Gordon. You know, Gordon doesn't mince his words really. Like, I mean, he's when he says something, you you should probably sit up and listen. And he has said like that this horse is his Gold Cup horse, like so, mm. and is now. But I didn't think they thought at the time Galvin was going to be. And, yeah, uh, but Delta work definitely is. He's uh, so he's bang there. He's a he's a good horse, bang there with his chance, and uh, he he like everything on Saturday ground trip. Small field, and uh, he's he's for me. I know it's very hard to fancy him off the back of his last run. I put a line through that, and uh, I would fancy him here to run a big race now. He wasn't beaten that far in the Gold Cup last year, you know. So no, it, it was very it was very midland. It was a very kind of a muddly muddly run race as well. It was mm. run to suit the Bromhead horses and. Um, yeah, album photo kind of dropped away, but he, yeah, he wasn't beaten that far. So uh, in the end, ultimately, it's Kemboy for you with fraud on as the big danger and Delta work uh, the yeah. each way play, and we've got the dead eight. So um, Kaluki will look after you, and you can get, I think it's is it fourteens Delta work. We're taking that Kaluki. We're taking that each way. Thank you very very much, and uh, you can sign up to Kaluki now. Um, via WhatsApp. We'll give you more information on that a little bit later on. The Goff's Future Stars uh, bumper. Now, this race has had a, a big impact on the Cheltenham Festival, uh, I have to call it. So Kilcrut finished second, um, having won this race uh, at the champion bumper. And Voyalan, of course, went on and won the champion bumper as well. Uh, and again, this is only the fifth renewal because it's the fifth renewal of the Dublin Racing Festival that's bizarre to say um, we've got some very very interesting horses in here uh, obviously Fasal Vega beautifully bred by Walk in the Park down in Coolmore but out of the great Covega uh, then it's uh, it's what unites us alright it might be fours uh, the big doyen who there's been a lot of talk about this week is 11 to 2 uh, Sandor Clegane Game of Thrones uh, is a seven to one shot. Embassy Gardens is fourteens, and uh, then it's twenties. Bar um, Peter Fratty was really talking up the big doyen. He was he was very impressive at Roscommon, but then crucially very impressive at, at Punchestown. He was going to go straight to Cheltenham, but he's decided to listen to the horse and give him a prep run. Yeah, and he looks he looks a he looks a star as well. I mean, to be honest, the big Dion, he definitely for me he would be the benchmark of the Irish bumper horses this year. When I watched him in Punchstone, he he would be the one that everyone has to beat or get close to. Um, and uh, you know, in other years, you'd probably see Gordon Elliott's horse, American Mike. Would he be usually running in this one? But he he's keeping him for Cheltenham. Yeah. Um, 
I absolutely love the horse he is running in this. It's what unites us. Uh, you know, I know he won in Avon. He probably wasn't as impressive as some of the surrounding horses here. But uh, I could see him being in the first two or three here now anyway. Uh, it's such a good race, Emmett. It's very hard to pick the winner. I'd probably stick with the big Diane. Um, but it's intriguing that Barry O'Neill, who I think won on both of them, uh, yes, he won on both the big Diane and the Sander Clegane, is sticking with Paul Nolan's horse. Um, so you must obviously think a lot of him. Now, he was very impressive in the last day in Punchstown. He's by fame and glory. But no, I'd probably stick with the big Diane, but I really like Gordon Elliott's horse here. It's watching ISIS. I've ridden him quite a bit. And, um, I think he could be potentially very, very good horse. This is a nightmare of a race to try and work out. Can I ask you about the two Mullins horses? Obviously, Fasal Vega's odds-on favourite, but Embassy Gardens. Uh, now- a huge chance, yeah. It looks to have a huge chance, but Patrick has gone for Fasal Vega, you know, so uh, it's. Um, I like the Embassy Gardens myself now. Yeah, I was, I was surprised that Embassy Gardens didn't get as much recognition for that performance as I thought he, he deserved, um, because it was a real fight, and... Uh, he had to, he just got it. He just managed to hold on in the final stride. But the fact that he was able to, to fight out the finish like that showed an awful lot of guts and determination. I can see why Patrick is on Fasal Vega. They, they obviously, they love Quevega. Um, but I, I thought that was a um, really well, taken performance. Well, I think what it is, is Emmett, that uh, Embassy, Barden, uh, Embassy Gardens won the two and a half mile bumper mm. at, uh, at Town, And uh, Fasal Vega won the two mile bumper so that would suggest to me that uh, Fasal Vega is obviously a faster horse and uh, so in a race of this league you're going to need both uh, speed and stamina because this is a top top class bumper and Embassy Gardens probably lacks a small bit of pace Um I might get caught a little bit outpaced over the two mile here, especially coming back from two and a half. And uh, I think that's what Patrick Mullins would have sided um, with the speedier, faster, classier type of horse, basically. And that's why I think he's gone with that, to be honest. And he did have the luxury of being able to look around that day as well uh, for dangers. Mm. But um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, that two mile four bumper, though, does tend to turn up some uh, decent horses. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look, you've made a, a a strong case for Jamie Codd's mount. It's what unites us. Um, it's yes, a very, very, very interesting point about Barry O'Neill choosing Sandor Clegane. We're guessing mm. that that's what's happened here because why would he, why would he choose having been on the big doyen and this horse is being talked up so much to get off him, and he's one of the very best amateur riders around there. I mean, it's almost an insult to call Jamie Codd and Barry O'Neill and Derek O'Connor and Patrick Mullins yeah. amateurs. Um, but that being said, the big doyen has the assistance of Derek O'Connor. So is is he the main pick for you? Yeah, well, I think I'm going to stick with the big doyen here. Um, I just think I just think he's the benchmark, really, of. He's the one. He's be just so, such. He was just so good in Punchestown. Super impressive. 
um, has Derek on board, and he has an awful lot of going for him. Peter Fay's horse is in good form. Won the Galmai the other day. His horse are in top form, and uh, yeah, I think he's, I think he's running here because I think he'll win, um, and uh, that's that's what I think he thinks. Uh, I think it's a good race, though. It's going to be hard, um, but it's what unites us. I, I really like that horse. I've ridden them before he won in his, in in Navan there in a school and bumper at Navan, and I thought I thought he was uh, thought that, I thought he could be uh, you know really really nice horse as well. So I wouldn't put anyone off backing him each way now. Okay, that's good to know that he has the uh, additional experience as well. Um, mm-hmm. But the big doyen, this is who we're going for, and I think the quote from Peter Fay during the week was, "No money could buy this horse." Uh, they really believe in him, and they're very excited by him. Uh, we'll move to the Sunday. Uh, you'll notice we're talking about the the feature races. We will get handicap picks from uh, Dennis before we wrap up, but uh, this is going to be a fascinating race. We're going to uh, start with the 120, skip the 12.45. Remember, Sunday starts at 12.45, so you got to be there that little bit earlier on the Sunday. Uh, so this is the 120, again, live on Racing TV, and it's the uh, Ladbrokes Novice Chase over two miles and five and a half furlongs. Uh, always a good test. And this year, we got Galopin de Champ, Cheltenham Festival winner in the Martin Pipe, who was devastatingly impressive over Christmas at the track. Uh, then Jungle Boogie is fives, Master McShee, sevens. Uh, Fury Road is also sevens, Capadano. 10s and Beacon Edge 12s with uh, Rory's National Hunt uh, race fancy Run Wild Fred for the National Hunt chase uh, a 16s chance here um, Galopin de Champ was just ridiculously good uh, at Christmas is is this his race to lose or is there something lurking in here well it's he was he was a super super impressive um, but it depends what's declared now. I, I wouldn't say it's his to lose. I think this could be a very hot race. Um, uh, you know, I sat on Fury Road only yesterday and I thought he's improved since his win. I think he's improved since his win at Christmas. Um, Mr. Max Shee is a very good horse, loves Leperstown and has won a grade one and is coming in, you know, Coming in, possibly not the strongest grade one he won now either. Um, Fakir Deline, uh, you know, they, they would have a fair bit to find with the likes of uh, Gallop and the Champs and Fury Road, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, it, it'll be hard to know what will stand their ground as well. You know, will Jungle Boogie run and, you know, will the likes of Capadano run or Beacon Edge, you know, I'd say Beacon Edge probably possibly will run. Um, but it's it won't be this won't be a straightforward uh task here now for galloping the champs to be honest um you know he won a beginners the leperstown and he was obviously super impressive and the horse that was third that day beating 35 and a half lengths won a beginner's chase in fairy house since yeah. um but i still think uh up into grade one company like this against the likes of fury road there now uh, you know, he'll fairly, it'll fairly be, it'll test him anyway. And he kind of needs that, doesn't he? Because obviously, Willie doesn't really get going until December, until the winter kicks in. And I know that he was very frustrated about the ground conditions. We had a very dry spell 
in November and it just that was just the way things were in November and October. So it took him a while to, to get going and there were reports coming out of Woolies as well from um, moles that uh, some of his big guns just weren't firing and then that was what we were seeing on course. Some of his big guns were, were getting turned over um, but it all turned it all turned around when it came to Christmas time. Um, he definitely needs the experience of this. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. If yeah. I was to ask you about Cheltenham, though, um, and to try and jump ahead a little bit and get a little bit carried away, what do you think is the most ideal race for him? Would he be better in the what's now the Turner novices, so the, the old JLT, Marsh, 2 mile 5, or the old RSA? Um, I would say he's a pacier type of horse than the RSA, isn't he? Um, he's a funny one, really. Um, I'd say he'd probably be better off going for the Turners, but then he'd be taking on um, Bob Ollinger, would he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that's the route. I'd say they'll have to take on Bob Ollinger and try and expose any chink in Bob Ollinger's armor. Um, you know, he it's not as if he's going to turn up to the RSA and, and bolt in on that, too. Like, um, He's gonna. Have, I would say the Turners is the race for him myself. Um, he seems ideal for that. I mean, he won the Martin Pipe, a handicap two and a half around Cheltenham. Uh, he won it well. Um, so he has that kind of experience. And uh, uh, I don't know. Does the test of this, the RSA really suit him? You know, it's gosh, it's a real test of stamina. That you know, yeah. real test. And to me. Uh, this fella, albeit he won the grade one novice hurdle three mile in Punchestown, beating Statler and Gentleman's Game. Um, I would say that uh, he could actually come back and trip. He's pacey enough to come back and trip. And, uh, you know, probably ground in March will, will probably uh, will tell a lot. But to me, he's a horse with bags of speed as well. And, uh, he probably wouldn't need to be stretching out that far in the RSA just yet. Um, he's only a six-year-old. And, uh, yeah, basically, if they think he's a gold cup horse for next year, then I'd probably avoid the RSA like the plague, to be honest. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that the market is completely wrong. Now, look, he needs to pass this test. And as you've eloquently put Yeah, I out, think this will, this will tell a lot, won't it, this, mm. this race on Sunday will kind of guide everyone but this isn't as straightforward as everyone thinks on Sunday now either no he's, uh, he's very short he's very short yeah, Two yeah, he, he was for horse that won the just won a beginner's chase in Labristown now he's obviously very good horse I mean he won the Martin Pipe in a grade one at Pungestown last year but you know it's just that's that's a good little race now I, I, obviously I haven't seen the decks yet but there's some good horses in here with more experience than him um, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, it sounds to me as though you'd side with Fury Road. I would, or may I would. I think just think he's a little bit better since uh, you know since he since he won at Christmas, and uh, you know he's he seems to be a horse that might be just improving as well throughout the season. Um, he Fury Road, if you remember. I think it was the Albert Bartlett. 
few years ago. Yeah. He was beaten the neck by Monkfish and latest exhibition was a three-way finish. And uh, a reproduction of that form here would certainly give Galloping the Champs a fright, at least, um, if he's as good as they're saying he is. So, um, and I could see Mr. Max Shee running a big race here at a big price. You know, I just don't know the final decks of the race, but, you know, he's a, he's a good local man down there in Waterford. I give him a good mention, Paddy Corkery, and I, uh, an old uh, ally of mine, Ian Power, we were in old needs together, and uh, it's nice to see uh, him... Uh, an older jockey, <laughs> 40 years of age, doing well. So uh, it's good. Hopefully it'll run well. I think Paddy, um, and you're right to give him a, a shout out, and we'll give him a, a final furlong shout out as well. I think Paddy said, I'm not afraid of Gallop on the Champ, and said that he'd backed him at 25s. So best of luck to you. Best of luck to you, Paddy. Yeah, um, yeah no, a fair play to him. Like, I, I love that kind of enthusiasm. You know, it's it's good. Um, like Capadano wouldn't be out of this either now. Um, it's just hard to know if he's running here, you know, but yeah. um, Beacon Edge probably uh, had a, he kind of had a setback in between now and the Drinmore, so I wouldn't expect them to rock up here all guns blazing, um, should I say. Mm-hmm. And uh, would I expect him to be a lot better at Cheltenham than he would be here if he ran here, Beacon Edge. So, um, yeah, I'd probably stick with Fury Road, to really put it up to them anyway. And Mr. Maxi to just as a sporting each way chance. Well, Fury Road has the experience. He's also a nice price of sevens, by the way, with um, Kaluki Sportsbook right now, uh, as opposed to the long odds on favorite. The So Fury Road is the, the pick from um, Dennis. We are recording on Thursday, so we don't have full declarations for Sunday yet, so we're kind of playing a bit of a guessing game. Uh, That being said, I'd be surprised if he didn't rock up and just look back at his Drinmore run behind Beacon Edge. That was a massive run over this distance. In terms of Gallop on Deschamps, the fact that you have said the Turners... uh, It's the Brown Advisory, by the way, I should say. Um, The RSA is now the Brown Advisory. Of course it is. Every race at Cheltenham is the Brown Advisory. Dennis, I'm pretty sure they've sponsored every race at some point or another. Um, Good good folks, Brown Advisory, they've invited us to their VIP box and we shall take them up on that at some point. But um, I'm fascinated to see Gallop on the Champ and the fact that you've said Turner's just is music to my ears and makes my heart beat that little bit faster because I've backed him uh, for the Turners at a double-figure price. I've backed him again. I've backed him again, and I've backed him again. Gamble responsibly, folks. Um, all for the Turners, because I don't think he'll go for the RSA. And, sorry, Brown Advisory. And he's 5-4 to four for the Brown Advisory. And I don't think that's the race he's going to go for. So I'm take, taking a punch, but the fact that Dennis O'Regan has just come on the show and agreed with me makes me feel that little bit more confident. Um, right, the Labrooks Dublin Chase. So this is a part of the new Dublin Racing Festival initiative, so it's only the fifth renewal of it. All of them have been won by Willie Mullins. The now-retired Min won it twice, and Shakan Porsois bids for his third consecutive win in the race. Uh, he's currently 4-5 to five with Kaluki. Green Teen, who comes over again for Paul Nichols, is 11-4. to four. Captain Guinness, 7-2. to two. Uh, Dunvegan is 10s. Sky Pirate and the rest 
RR16s. I would give a quick mention to Cashback, who's the same price as well. Um, If Shaqan Pursa was back on form, he just struts his stuff here, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. He annihilates them, yeah. He does. He beats them all hands down. Um, But he, geez, I was very disappointed with him at Sandown at the start of the season. He would, he would, he's obviously had an issue or maybe he's just a bad traveler, but um, Willie obviously has him back on song. There's no way he'll run him here if he's not. Mm. And he'll probably take all the beating. He's better than all of these um, by a long way. And, uh, you know, he's he's going to have to, we're only looking for place bets here, basically. It's <laughs> mm. <laughs> a brilliant line. I, I think so. I, I, I think so. No, I think you're right. And look, people will, will look at the market and go, well, green team stuffed him, but like that can't have been his true running. And he's an example of one of the the William Mullins big guns who got turned over at that period of time where the stable really wasn't firing, because that Tinkle Creek yeah, run it, it can't have been right. No, he didn't travel well though. He didn't. I don't think he travelled over well. I'm not sure he's the best traveller in the world. I think I read something or heard something before. Like I can't really speak too much about him in that sense. I just thought I'm just going on jogging the memory and seeing, did I hear that before or see that? And, uh, you know, he's clearly hasn't ran since then. So he's obviously had some sort of an issue. We don't really know. Um, but if Chakum, the real Chakum turns up here, he beats all of these anyway, uh, even with a bit to spare. Um, Grenadine will probably run well, um, but... I'm not sure he's good enough. Mm. And Captain Guinness is turning out to be probably not good enough. He has seven lengths to find with Grenadine on their Tingle Creek run. Uh, Albeit the track will suit Captain Guinness more than Sandown. So I could see him getting an awful lot closer, even reversing the form. Um, Dunvegan might be a surprise package for an each way. Uh, just because he's in the form of his life and he's a front runner and he jumps very well. And I tell you, cashback is ours that, you know, if, if, he, if he could ever put it together with his jumping, he's obviously a very good horse as well. Very good horse. Um, it just doesn't jump well enough. Um, so uh, cashback wouldn't be totally a ridiculous, that wouldn't be a, a ridiculous each way bet now cash back to be honest mm. uh, but it's hard to see beyond Chackham horse war here um, just in terms of um, you know his, his ability alone is, is 10 pounds you know he's 10 lengths better than everything else here uh, well he's 10 lengths better than the horse that's second favourite anyway yeah. um, and Captain Guinness you know will be upsides done vegan. So done vegan will pop off down the inside in front. And Captain Guinness will take him on and they'll go a right gallop. Grenatine will be outside of Captain Guinness, sitting kind of just on him, on her girt. And uh, so like where does Chakam does he sit in for it? I suppose he does. Um, yeah, I was, I was gonna say what what do they do with him? Because one of the most potent weapons he has is that stride. Once he goes into full stride, he's he's very powerful. But do you just yeah, take a yeah. lead from from Dunvegan yeah. and, and the others? Yeah. Well, the ideal thing to be would take a lead, like um, sit second, and you know if he was in the full of his health. But the way he jumped in Sandown, 
it looked to me like Ars had lost his confidence. So I don't know whether uh, I don't know whether they want to just drop him in a small bit here and ride him like when Robbie Power won his novice on him in Punchestown all them years ago. Yeah, and he and that's the most impressive he's ever looked since. And they've never really ridden him since like that since. So I don't know. He's um, to me, it's a hard one to call. But uh, how they'll ride him? But I could see Dunvegan lining up. Captain Guinness on his outside, Grenatine on his outside, and Chackham maybe on their outside looking for a bit of light, maybe. And they'll go at it, you know, and cashback will be dropped in, trying to get round. And uh, yeah, Sam Crow is there, hard line. Ah, I don't think either. I don't know, maybe Sam Crow will probably run. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so that's it's, 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 it won't be straightforward, but. Um, Chakum is the correct favourite in my opinion. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think if he's if he's right, you slightly concern me with that line. He looked like a horse who lost his confidence. Um, so we'll have to see how he lines up and maybe jumps the first. But you know, for those of us who are going to be betting on the race beforehand, um, look, he was long odds on for the Tinkle Creek. You're getting close enough to even money here, and as you said, he's ten pounds clear. Of green team, I'd be really disappointed if he couldn't win this race. And I, I'd say that, I think that's what it is. I, mean, I think you'd be, you'd be like, he'd be shockingly disappointed if he couldn't win this. I think he will win this, and I think he'll then be second favorite for the champion chase. Mm. Ooh, ahead of uh, Energamine. Oh God, he will. Yeah, yeah, he will. Yeah, uh, sure. Energamine isn't going to really beat um, Shishkin, is he? At Cheltenham, but this fellow might. Just quick, this quick, the, quick side be, note. Because you, you would, are, he an, would he be an ace in the pack, like for for really to have a crack at? Wouldn't he be the one? Wouldn't Chakum be the one really for to take on Shishkin? If Energy Me couldn't beat him in Ascot, then sure Chakum might beat. Him. See, I hadn't thought of it that way. Um, I was actually thinking of it the other way. So you're going to come back on and do a, a Cheltenham Irish special with us. And there's a couple of podcasts you're going to do with us, which I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, and this has been incredibly insightful so far. But uh, Shaken is currently eight. It's generally an eight shot. Uh, Anergamine five to two, Shishkin seven to four on. I felt Anergamine was going to win and I thought it was a, brilliant piece of horsemanship from Nico to get Shishkin up and mm. great piece of sportsmanship from Paul Townend to reach his hand out straight away and say congratulations. And I can envisage an Ergamine turning the form around. You're the jockey. That's the other thing is the tactics of the race. We know an Ergamine likes to stride on and there'll be plenty of horses in there who do. So if Shakan sits in third and then you push him on from what, three out and try and use that that long stride that he has and have the belief and the confidence that he can actually go and do it, unlike last year, maybe he is the one to be with. On his Irish form, he is, because, you know, he beat Aloha five and a half. I mean, he's a Ryanair winner. Um, he, he, Chackham is a seriously, seriously good horse. Like, um, but he, it's when he runs in England is the problem. Uh, his third in the champion chase last year was so disappointing because no disrespect to put the kettle on. But Chakum, like Chakum, would be better than her, all hands down. Like. Yeah. So for him to finish 
two and a half or three lengths behind her in the champion chase last year was a little bit disappointing on Chatham's part. And now he's disappointed again since uh, in when he has to travel, travel to Sandown. So like when he's staying close to home, Leperstown and Punchestown, he's obviously unbeatable nearly. But that's why I just think, uh, I wonder what price he is now for the champion chase. Um, because if he wins this uh, and wins it well, he's going to be shorter for the champion chase in March. And I think if my memory serves me correct, and I could be wrong, but I think Willie said last year that they thought they rode him wrong in the champion chase in Cheltenham. He did, yeah. And if they change that tactic this year and they pop him out in front, then he could be very hard horse to catch. The best... Pr- even, if, the best- even, even, if you're on, even if you're on Shishkin. Because yeah. you won't... I'm Nico de Bonville and I run check and horse war and in Ergamy. So I won't know which one to follow. Or beat. That's a good shout. Um, he's currently a best price twelves, generally eights. Check out. He probably won't be that on the day, will he? Really, if he wins this, he wins it well. No, no, probably won't be. I don't see how he how he could be that big. Um, non runner no bet with some firms, so you're getting non runner no bet as well in case they decide now we're going to wait for punches down. But I can't imagine they would just give up. Uh, and not go again because you're 100 percent right, and we we've talked about that on the show in the past that they just paused that up, and it's not Paul's fault because it was a mutual decision between uh, Willie and and um, Paul that they would just change tactics with him, and I don't know whether that was a fear that he wouldn't get up the hill, but to be held up in the manner that he was in behind the leaders when when he tracks the leaders, he's just deadly so just let him loose let the beast loose uh, and, and we'll see what happens so we'll put a button on it he wins if he's at his best um, is Dunvegan your alternative I would say Dunvegan just I can't decide between Dunvegan or Cashback I could see one of them running a big race here mm. uh, stick with Dunvegan only because he's in the form of his life at the moment um, now he's won a couple of handicaps hasn't he he shouldn't be good enough here but you know he's uh, he's just in top form at the moment done vegan yeah. and uh, I just think he's probably an each way bet mm-hmm. and he jumps like he's a real good jumper like there's no I'll tell you the way I'm looking at it Emmett is there's no holes in, holes in him right now like if you look at a Chackham there is because you don't know what, what Chackham's going to turn up and cashback he mightn't get round. He's not the best of jumpers' offences. Captain Guinness has had his issues. Grenadine is probably solid enough, you know, but Don Vegan, I don't know, Don Vegan, he's just at the top. He's at, he's at his A game at the moment, isn't he? He's jumping well. He pops out in front. He's straightforward. There's no kind of uh, humbling horn about him at the moment. And I probably think at 12 to 1, he's, he's probably not a bad bet for each way. I'm going to take a wild guess, by the way, that Paul Nichols has not administered the flu shot to Green Teen and Frodon when he's sending them over for grade ones. Yeah, yeah. You're probably right. Yeah, so you're probably right, Amos. Yeah. I think he'll probably hold Matt off till next week for that one. But if he has done it, <laughs> best of luck. Um, right. The, the, well, the Irish champion hurdle should be a quick one. Um, Honeysuckle is yeah. 4 yeah. to 11. And uh, look, we don't know the, the full field as of yet but whoever turns up good luck to them 
Yeah, she should win. Um, and that's it now. Um, I think Zana here will run a big race here. Uh, I know it sounds a bit, uh, I'm um, like siding with all Gordon Elliott's horses, but I, again, I worked upsides him yesterday and um, he worked, he's in terrific form. And uh, yeah, I think he'll run a big race, Zana here. Big race. There's, is a school of thought, even from Gordon, who suggested that going up and trip would suit him in time? Um, I don't suit Zanier. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I'd say he's probably thinking a stiffer too would suit. Um, he's not slow. Um, but I, I'd say if, if he met the rising ground at Cheltenham now, he'd, he'd fairly take on a hill now, no problem, you know. Mm. Mm. I'm just thinking about the uh, betting for the champion hurdle itself because that's obviously going to change. Um, my current belief, uh, or at least my info from the David Pipe team, is I think Adagio is going to take in the bet for hurdle and then go for the champion. Um, Zan here is currently 12s for the champion hurdle. Um, there's not exactly a huge amount of meat on the bones there, but. Um, the man, uh, like, uh, honeysuckle, Alexander here just isn't as good as honeysuckle, or you know, he's just not as good as them, you know. But like, the you just never know what happens on the day. Like, uh, mm. he's such a good jumper, and he'd probably pop out in front there, or be handy, and he'd be in front of all the trouble. And like, he's not gonna, you know, I, I think honeysuckle will make the run here on, some, on Sunday now. I think yeah. she'll pop out here, and uh, I think Zana here will just follow her. And um, I don't know what the rest of them are going to do, but that's what's going to happen here anyway. But so she'll pop out. But I don't know. Is appreciated running, or does anyone know about this, him yet? This is the thing. Um, like he need, they need to get him out pretty soon because obviously uh, the aborted chasing campaign is not exactly ideal. Um, but no, there's there's no confirmation. I'm just looking it up here now for the latest news. As we record on Thursday, um, there is no confirmed news from Willie that appreciate it lines up. So, mm. um, I mean, if he did, he'd be interesting, but he'd still have to improve to to beat her. Um, he would. She she'll like not only improve but put the first run of the season behind him as well. You know, he'd have a couple of obstacles to to overcome. Yeah. Uh, no, she you know, is should be a good thing here now. Okay, so we got the good thing in Honeysuckle. Uh, breaking news, Honeysuckle we think is going to win the Irish Champion Hurdle. Breaking, uh, breaking news. Yeah. Breaking mm. news in a stunning shock. Um, but look, I hope she does. She'll be winning her third Irish Champion Hurdle if she does. And achieved uh, by Istabrak, who of course went on one uh, a fourth and uh, Hurricane Fly won five. So you should see, you should see, is she any price for a French champion hurl in May? Oh, do you have some insight? No, none whatsoever. But uh, she's she's had a quite enough season, hasn't she? Like, yeah. in terms of, um, I could see them maybe, well, maybe I'm maybe I'm just making it up in my head, but like, you know, it might be something they might venture or look at later on in the season, maybe. You know, if Cheltenham, Cheltenham goes well and, and, and then, you know, maybe Pontchastown, maybe France, all tie might be might be on the cards, I don't know. Can someone, can Kaluki come up with a price for that? 
the Kluki traders are always listening. So can you come up with the price, <laughs> lads, on um, Honeysuckle to go to France and win? You can even do it this way. To win the champion hurdle, the Punchestown champion hurdle, and France, and go France non-runner, no bet. If she doesn't run, she doesn't run. Uh, how about that? And maybe include the Irish champion hurdle of the weekend as well. You you decide, lads. And uh, you can acquire via their WhatsApp. Um, we've given you the info already. All right. Uh, the Tattersalls Ireland novice hurdle is a pretty fascinating renewal. Um, we've got the mustard in here, Colonel Mustard. Uh, well, he's, but, my, he's my big fancy each way. Yeah. Oh, all right. So yeah. uh, again, we don't have full declarations, but uh, we got Sir Gerard, the um, champion bumper winner, is currently five to four. Uh, Three Stripe Life, who we've talked about in depth on the show, is fours. My mate Mozzie fives. Uh, El Fabilino is um, whatever about fives. Uh, Statuaire. <sighs> Please, Willie, don't switch her to the Supreme. Please don't do that. Runner in the mayor's novice hurdle, please. Stick to what you said you were going to do. And the mustard is 14s. Now, I really fancy him as well, and that's based on a conversation with Lorna, but talk to me, Dennis. Talk to me about the mustard, um, Colonel Mustard. Yeah, yeah, I just think he's running Ascot the last day was very good. and uh, I think Lorna Fowler is a very good trainer, and I think he's a good horse. And uh, I think he drops in, and the race will be run to suit him. Uh, he's a fine, big, fine, big horse. Um, and, you know, I just have a feeling um, that he's, he's, he's in top, of, top, top form, top form at the moment. And he's run last year second to Echoes of Rain, Echoes of Rain in, in, in a grade one in Punchestown with Blue Lord in third. I think is a, is a very good run. And I think he'll be in the mix here. Uh, each only for each way. Um, I, I think he might lack a bit of depth, might lack a small bit, you know, likes of Sir Gerard and my mate Mozzie and Tree Stripe Life. But um, he's he's a good he's a good horse that Connell and Mustard. Now I'd, I'd like him I'd like him here now each way. I'm a big fan of his, um, and we have been for some time, but particularly on the back of what you'll hear from Lorna in the uh, second podcast. Um, working well very pleased with him and he's 14s 14 to 1 with Kaluki um how long will that last we shall see uh anything else that you want to uh, mention well sir gerard i suppose um is obviously the one here that's going to take a lot of beating um i just think my mozzie is a probably a good price my mate mozzie uh, i think Things didn't go right for him in uh, the Royal Bond, mm. and uh, I think that uh, he's a better he's he's better horse than that, and um, I think he'll run a big big race here now. My mate Mozzie, if he runs, um, he's a he's a very good horse him, and uh, he didn't show his true colours at Fairy House back in um, November, but I think he could he could he's had a nice break in between then and now. And I think he'd be a different proposition here on Sunday. And of course, that Paul Ferguson of the Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival Guide form is a big fan of as well. Uh, the final race that we're going to preview is the Coolmore National and Sires Mayor's Flat Race. So we've got 
party, pink in the park. Party, what am I talking about? I'm thinking of Boris Johnson and all the trouble he's in. Uh, pink in the park is uh, currently s- 13 to 8. 13 to 8 is an industry best price with Kaluki. Well done, Kaluki. Um, Harmonia Maker. Yeah, let's go with that. 92. Uh, then we've got uh, Nikini, 8s, and more importantly, Naughtiness who is a half-sister to the mighty Don Poli, is 10s. Again, for Lorna Farrell and a horse that we're big, big fans of here. I'm tempted to do the each-way double here. In fact, that's probably what I'm going to do. Uh, Naughtiness and uh, Colonel Mustard. We'll find something for the patent. Um, what's your <laughs> what's your take on this race, Dennis? Yeah, Dennis is a tough one now, to be honest. Um I suppose I'd probably like High Stranger of John Kiley's if she ran here each way. Um, only that, you know, she's carrying the extra weight. Uh, double penalty, I'd say, for winning two bumpers. I thought she was quite a good mare now in the summer when she was winning. Um, where Whether she's good enough for this lot, I don't know. Um, I suppose uh, Lorna Fowler's Mayor looks quite good. I don't know. Now, I can't remember her winning. I remember Pink in the Park winning in the stall, I think it was. Mm. And unbelievably impressive. Um, but, however, I did look at... Uh, did look at Truist Forum afterwards. I, I think I remember... I think it's Dam. Uh, I'm not sure if it was this Dam or it's... Yeah, Dam produced... Other horse, other good mares that won first him out and didn't win after. Yeah, and pink, pink hat. Yeah, and I, I just, or maybe it was her herself. I can't think off the top of my head, but um, as you know, I, I find it difficult here, Emmett, to be honest, uh, with this one. It's so hard to know. Um, it's a good race, isn't it? Like, I mean, it's really turned out. It's turning out to be a top class mares race now, and uh, you know, it's not easy. It's not not straightforward. I'd probably stick with John Kiley's mare at the top to run a big race. High stranger, if she runs, she loves the ground, and she was already second in a listed race uh, in uh, in Goral. And uh, yeah, she's by Sea Moon, Sea Moon. So that's a good pedigree, good staying pedigree. Uh, my only concern would be she's not over big. But she can definitely go. So um, I'd, I'd give a shout out for her each way. High strength. Okay. Uh, I'll give a, a very quick mention to uh, Ebba Grace. I'm sure I've just butchered the pronunciation there. And sorry, uh, it's not Sarah Grapes because you beat my horse Scarlet Witch at uh, Thurless. Uh, not Sarah Grapes at all. But the... <laughs> <laughs> I can't... I got a message from somebody connected to the Mullins camp saying, we're going to hammer you tomorrow. And I didn't know whether that was a threat or just like your horse is just going to beat mine. And um, yeah, they were sending out the warning. And Lisa O'Neill, um, who rode Scarlet Witch, was saying all the talk is about Mullins' horse. All of the talk is about the, the Willie Mullins horse. So, look, just be warned, but we have a plan and we're going to go out there and, and run our race. And um, she ran a fine race, uh, Scarlet Witch. She ran a fantastic race. Uh, you can completely draw a line through Cork. When Cork is heavy, it's bloody heavy. And um, 
Scarlet Witch does not want those conditions. So draw a line through that, and we're looking forward to the next day. So uh, if you're if you're looking at that form and going, mm, no, don't don't concern yourself. Um, and uh, we we may very well see Scarlet Witch next Wednesday over obstacles, but I do know that they thought an awful lot of um, Ebba Grace is the pronunciation I'm going to guess here, and uh, while. Pink in the Park is probably going to take up this engagement. I don't see any reason why she wouldn't either. And she's 11 to 2. I mean, Willie's not averse to letting his horses take each other on. So I'd prefer her of the Mullins horses, but I'm I'm sudden with naughtiness. Um, I'll, I'll go with her for, for Lorna Fowler. A couple of handicaps to ask you about before we uh, we head off. Well, well, we'll go to your handicap first of all, shall we? The Paddy Power, I'd love a can, but pints are cheaper handicap hurdle, <laughs> which is just a genius name. Um, so you are going to be on a great view, we talked about beforehand, yeah. uh, for Dennis Cullen. It's a competitive handicap, uh, as they always are. What do you make of your chances? I, I, to be honest, um Emmett, if he ran anywhere near his run when he was second at Navin, um, behind Commander of Fleet, he would have an each way, you know, he would have an each way chance. Um, he's obviously an older horse now. I think he won at Leperstown at some stage in his life. Uh, he handles the track or he has good form at Leperstown, but he's 11 now. He's getting on and he's a great ride to have, but he's certainly down to a mark that would make him competitive. Um, just whether you know whether he'll uh, whether he's whether he's you know there's probably a lot of good well handicapped horses in this really you know um, that's the only thing I would have is something like Tony Martin's Good Time Johnny could have a big chance and Dunbine of Gordon Elliott's would have a good chance here um, but yeah hopefully he can he can run well well you are fancied in the market you're currently nines with Kaluki. So um, they're not taking any chances. And uh, no. there's um, fair each way betting on this race as well. I think it's at least six places with Kaluki. Correct me if I'm wrong, lads. Sorry if I'm wrong about that, but I think that's the current state of affairs. There's actually a horse in there called Futurum Regum, and he he would have a chance. Uh, I know it's, uh, it's for Huey Finnegan, but, you know, as trainer, little-known trainer in Mead there, I know him well, a nice guy. And uh, young Neil Ryan there out of Meads has been riding him the last few times. Um, but he was third the last day to Panda by in the Pretemps Network at Leperstown. And he won a grade B. He bet me on the line in, in Lavin in a grade B. And uh, he would he would have a good each way chance for Churum Regan. Okay. Uh, you were on sassy both. yet classy for Gordon. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. Um, yeah, and that was over two and a half. Um, up to three mile now. He would. He would definitely be one. Uh, you know, a small trainer. You wouldn't hear much about him, but he could run a big race now. A nice, handy weight there, ten inch. He's currently twelves with Kaluki for Churum Regan. So, yeah. um, yeah. and owners claiming what five five pounds? Yeah. So yeah, claiming five. And I, I just feel if he was a Gardner Willie or someone like that, he'd be a lot shorter than ten to one, twelve to one. You know, he'd be he'd be nearly favoured. You know, makes sense. And then finally, Sunday, the Liffey Handicap Hurdle. Yeah, well, I ride um, Arcadian Sunrise here. He's obviously been a terrific horse for me there over the last two years. Um, he's top weight, though, and he'll find it hard first run back off a break now to 
carried all the weight and but you know there's only there's about 10 or 11 horses all about 11 stone and up so it's fairly compact um, but there's a horse in this a really fancy of Gordon Elliott's called Top Bandit and uh, I thought he would be if he didn't win this or run well in this I'd probably still back him for the county hurdle at Cheltenham or something along them lines because he's lurking there he's a nice horse that Top Bandit and um, yeah, you wouldn't be without a chance, I'd say. That's what we want to hear. That's what we want to hear. Uh, so <laughs> this used to be the the Pierce, wasn't it? Yeah, or the Ladbrook at one stage, wasn't it? And then yeah. the Pierce. Now it's the Liffey. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it was the Boils at one point, and uh, somebody else might have sponsored it too. But yeah, the the Liffey now. Um, so this, uh, the reason I mentioned that is because this tends to have a good record of producing Cheltenham winners, either in the Coral Cup or particularly in, in the County Hurdle. So there's plenty of horses who've done the double. Um, yeah. Pretty sure Final Approach did the double uh, for, for Willie Mullins. So Top Bandit, um, that's enough. We're done. Uh, top Bandit is tens. Let's go. Don't say you weren't mm. told. Uh, Dennis, who's the horse you're most looking forward to seeing in action or... The, the horse that you would be the strongest horse that you would give as a piece of advice to Final Four on Podcast listeners for the weekend? Oh, well, like, well, obviously it's an obvious one, isn't it? I think Tony Suckle will probably win, won't she? Um, it's probably an obvious, it's an obvious one, but I suppose Riviere to tell. I'd look forward to watching her. Uh, obviously, I have a, an association with her and... I'll be giving my best, you know, I'll be uh, wishing them well and I'll be shouting for her anyway. And um, if anybody is available to do a Tanya Harding on Jack Kennedy between now and then, uh, <laughs> don't, do not, don't, don't. Uh, uh, um, Jimmy, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know a garden, you could put Russell on her at, and so <laughs> <laughs> you still wouldn't be sure. You'd have to have the novel about four jockeys first. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then I might get a chance on it. <laughs> Uh, it's, been an absolute, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you about one of the biggest uh, sporting occasions of the year, the Dublin Racing Festival. Really looking forward to it. Uh, the best to yourself and Louise, and very much looking forward to getting your insight on the show uh, in the future as well. Thank you very much, Emma. Pleasure to be on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Best of luck, by the way, with uh, your rides to the weekend as well. I very much hope you're in the winner's enclosure. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Emma. Dennis O'Regan, everybody. Give it up for him. There it goes. Goes wild. Instant hit, especially when all those horses go in. Really enjoyed Dennis O'Regan's insight. I hope you did as well. We'll review it all on Monday in the company of Darren McGrath from All About Sunday. He'll have some strong views for us and looking forward to getting his insight into what should be an incredible weekend. If you're there, come over and say hello. A five-star rating on whatever podcast app it is that you're listening to is on be much appreciated spotify apple podcasts and make sure you've got that subscribe or follow button clicked spotify told us yesterday number one horse racing podcast in the uk and ireland in january 2022 that's all down to you thank you so so much for doing that incredible the best in the world enjoy your weekend enjoy the dublin racing festival indulge in the dublin racing festival and we'll talk to you very, very soon on the Final Forum Podcast. God bless.
The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by All About Sunday, the ultimate racehorse ownership experience. Download the app and get involved today. All About Sunday, we love racing. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook, the market-leading messenger betting service, providing best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing, plus with the option of instant withdrawals. Visit kalukisportsbook.com to sign up now.